These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Salt. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst, and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. Testing anxiety is exactly what it sounds like. Anxiety associated with messaging on a phone or another smart device. Sometimes it might even result in physical symptoms, like feeling panicky, sweating, being nauseous, heart pounding, and feeling jittery. If you're someone who struggles with anxiety already, it's easy to see why texting would exacerbate that. Although texting has been around for almost 25 years, it's only since Blackberries originally, but other smartphones really burst onto the stage that texting really took over. Suddenly, one was being constantly accessible to everyone they knew. Friends, partners, colleagues, bosses. And people are expected to answer quickly and even to engage in full conversations via text. Many of us have group texts with our friends, making it easy to get what we'd be called major FOMO or fear of missing out. And generally, to keep checking on your phone, just in case. So today, I'm answering a question from a listener who is describing text anxiety. Constant text message conversations mean that you have endless opportunities to feel left out. You send something out into the world, and until you get feedback, it's easy to feel anxious. It's not actually just in your head. In fact, the American Psychological Association did a survey and found that 43% of Americans admitted to constantly checking their technology, and that one-fifth of Americans associated their technology with significant stress. This was actually done before the pandemic. And actually, you can see how it's probably at this point much worse. These were devices that we thought were designed to make our lives easier. And actually, for many of us, it does. But for others, it's been anything but easier. Combine text message anxiety with the stress of being constantly available and plugged into the world around you. Many people even sleeping with their phones near their head. And often, an unhealthy relationship can develop with social media. At the end of the day, for some people, this is a real recipe for disaster. While social media and messaging apps claim to keep us more connected to each other, many young users find themselves exhausted from receiving constant notifications balancing numerous exchanges at once and carrying conversations that last all day long, sometimes even over the course of an entire week. In delayed response to these, someone might find that they really are forgetting to pay attention to their mental health and the need for phone breaks. A 2020 study explored the effects of information overload and online conversation dynamics and found that overexposure to information can suppress the likelihood of response by overloaded users, 
contrary to analogies to biologically inspired viral spread. In other words, some people become so beleaguered, they're not answering, leaving the person who texted feeling more anxious. And it makes sense that millennials are already feeling extremely overloaded. While social media use has increased among older adults, they're less likely to use multiple social media platforms or to highly engage in them, making them less susceptible to technology burnout. In fact, studies show that older generations use social media basically to keep up with family and to compensate for missed in-person interactions rather than using them to find new opportunities to socialize. And so they have less time and less engagement on these apps. Millennials, on the other hand, people born between the early 1980s and mid-1990s, have been described as the burnout generation. It's a generation that has matured in a technological world that allows for work, information, and communication to follow them everywhere. So since the pandemic, this has only increased. And for many people, it's been really overwhelming. From Zoom meetings and FaceTime dates to Slack blurring the lines between when is work and when is casual chat, that has continued to escalate anxiety around social media use. There was a 61% increase in social media engagement during the first wave of the pandemic. And that 73% of users have expressed a negative sentiment about social media in this past year. Between Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, which encouraged social interaction through likes and shares, instant messaging apps like WhatsApp, Snapchat, Messenger, they encouraged long threads of conversation and they encouraged group chats and the traditional forms of communication that we had been using more like email. And even just texting caused constant pinging of the phone or interactions with the phone a huge amount of the time. The resulting numbers of conversations can be unbelievable. The average person checks their phone 262 times a day, a major increase from the 80 times a day that was the average back in 2016. So with that, right after the break, we'll get to my listener's question. Welcome back. Let's get to my listener's question and see, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, I experience anxiety shaking palpitations, and sweating for short moments when I get text messages and emails after experiencing a high peak of personal problems related to my family and economy in the past year. I go through a micro panic attack when I see an email subject or the preview of a text message that might imply something is wrong. How can I avoid these micro panic attacks from previewing text messages and emails? You have essentially become sensitized to the idea that receiving a text means potential danger, potential disaster. And along with the fear of danger comes the physical response to danger and fear, panic. 
These are due to a response by the sympathetic nervous system and a release of norepinephrine. This response feels like jitteriness, breathing more quickly, feeling nauseous, sweating, having a rapid heartbeat. Then you look at the text and you see, oh, hey, it isn't dangerous or disastrous. And you feel relief. You feel better. But feeling better reinforces the looking at the text, meaning your brain is recording that looking quickly at your text makes you feel better. And so you feel even more tired to looking quickly at all texts, and you are even more tied to your phone. This cycle creates compulsive phone checking and obsessive negative thoughts of danger and panic associated with news from your phone. In order to stop the cycle, one must set some new parameters to decrease how often you are reinforcing the looking. This means basically, let people know that you are not going to check texts during chunks of your day. If there is an emergency, would they please call you? Then create a five-hour block during which you don't look at your phone. Turn off your alarms, which ping you that you have a message. Spend some days doing this. After a week, you could consider turning your notifications back on, but now you will amend the plan to basically not look though you hear the notification, ignoring them while maintaining the same five-hour blocks. You can look and respond after five hours and then start a new five-hour block. You will at first get nervous each time you get a notification. Do not relieve this nervousness by checking, by looking. Instead, take some deep breaths. Remind yourself that looking does not change the news, that you can tolerate whatever it is, that life will still go on. Let your anxiety slowly dissipate. In other words, you're not telling yourself, oh, I'm sure the news is fine. You're just saying, whatever it is, I will deal in five hours or in four hours. And just let your anxiety slowly go away. Go on with whatever you were doing, not looking at your phone and not responding. Over time, you will be able to shorten the windows of hours. But I might suggest you not at any point have the phone always on and available to be looked at, because this can just send you right back to the same agitated state as you were in before. By practicing with five-hour chunks and ultimately perhaps moving to two-hour chunks, you will desensitize yourself to this attachment that you have in your mind between text and danger. The goal is really to overall decrease your usage and to be able to comfortably wait and not react. To each text. I hope that was helpful. There are various types of anxiety that can be prompted by texting. Sometimes it's not about distressing content. Sometimes it's about trying to read what the content really means from a person. You might be trying to decode the meaning behind the words and without body language and facial expression and context. That is more difficult and therefore can make you anxious. 
For example, if every text from the person you are dating or talking to is vague or brief, noncommittal, or causes confusion, I have to say, this might not be the person for you. Because while dating and relationships both require effort and work, communication and directness is really key. If you're already having to decode every text, this may be a sign that this person is going to be difficult for you to deal with. With the right person, communication should be something that works, not a source of constant anxiety. So I would suggest if you are confused by a text or believe there could be some misunderstanding, ask clarifying questions from the get-go. For example, let's say you make plans with somebody you are newly dating. You send a text asking them if they're free Saturday night, and they respond with some emoji. You might start feeling anxious because you aren't sure if this is a confirmation emoji or an ambivalent emoji or uh, I don't even know what this means emoji. So then you think, how do I respond to this? Instead of going down the rabbit hole of all the what ifs and trying to interpret the significance of this emoji, it's really best to just ask. For some people, this might seem kind of mind blowing because you might be thinking, really, can I just ask? I mean, is that going to seem too needy or strange on my part? The truth is, if there is any room for misunderstanding or you feel that clarifying a text could lessen your anxiety, I say you should do it. Because regardless of the response, seeking clarification is a direct approach that will not only provide answers so that you don't have to sit in limbo, but it will start a precedent of the kind of conversations you want to be able to have with this person. Often people don't ask. They fear rejection or they think, you know, will I come off as too pushy or too needy? And in women in particular, they often want to come off as, you know, easygoing or low maintenance to a prospective partner. But no relationship can work or frankly come of it at the end, if you set a precedent of accepting no real communication and to be made anxious much of the time. You are allowed to be assertive and ask clarifying questions to avoid misunderstandings and, frankly, to avoid wasting each other's time. I would also suggest that you take a break from your phone. If you are constantly checking your phone for new texts, for messages, or activity on social media, put it down. Checking the phone and rereading text has become pretty compulsive for many people in general, particularly for many singles who are trying to date, especially in new relationships. And as a result, singles will often put their entire life on pause as they await the response of the person of interest or try to make meaning from a single text instead of being present in what actually is happening in their lives. And having balance, they become fixated on their phones, which really does create more anxiety. So try to take space or even create physical distance between you and your phone. Put the phone in another room or turn it on, do not disturb. If you are out doing errands or with friends, keep it out of sight. To be present with the people you're actually with. And by taking this break, you increase your ability to be more mindful and more present. It will help you to become more present in conversations, real conversations, and appreciate all the good things you have 
outside of dating, for example, and shift your focus and attention away from your thoughts to the environment and the events around you. And very important is to think about communication in person. Some people, this seems old school. They'll really talk about text conversations like they were actual conversations that happened. But more often than not, texting is going to make a situation messier than it needs to be. It is better to communicate on the phone or in person. Telephone communications allow you to hear the other person's tone of voice and have a conversation in real time. With real in-person conversations, you have access to all the cues of nonverbal communication, which is really helpful in having a more nuanced and a more understood and empathetic communication. I'm talking about eye contact, facial expression, and even posture so that you can tell, hey, is this sarcasm? Is this person being genuine? It really reduces the likelihood of a misunderstanding. You could argue that not everyone likes talking on the phone and you don't want to call someone without warning. And while you could make these arguments, I would really say that texting continues to cause much more confusion and anxiety than there needs to be. And we would avoid a whole lot of misunderstanding and have more peace of mind if we communicated with others in a real and authentic way. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at SenecaWomen.com. All centers remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? with me, Dr. Gail Salt.